Hello everyone, this is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest to you and your family. Today we are going to discuss another aspect of the COVID-19 pandemic, food. The shortage of food, the need to stretch your food dollars, uh, the need to look at different ways to cook, The economic downturn brought on by COVID-19 has caused businesses to shut down, people to be laid off, and that means families are struggling. They're struggling with paying their bills, and that means they are struggling with putting food on the table. So we're going to talk today about how someone can get help with food and how you can make your food dollars go further. This podcast may not resonate with you, but if you know someone who's struggling to pay their bills, and having issues with putting food on the table, please send them this podcast. My guests today are Jackie Gonzalez, Director of Marketing and Outreach for Access to Healthcare, and Kara Hockrader, Licensed Dietitian with Access to Healthcare. Welcome to Jackie and Kara. Thank you for having us, Sherry. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, you. Uh, we did a podcast a little while back, didn't we, Kara? And that was on nutrition. Now we're we're sort of... Um, changing it up just a little bit. Uh, We know that we want to stick with the nutrition with food, but we also know that we need to stretch our food dollars. So so we're going to talk about that during this podcast, how somebody can continue to eat nutritiously. But if your food dollars are cut in half, how do we do that? But before we get to that, Kara, let's talk with Jackie. Jackie, um, I know that you do our food program at Access to Healthcare, and that you know everywhere that somebody can get in Washoe County a food supplement, uh, whether that's at a food pantry, whether it's with the food bank, how they would get it, where they would go to get it, who qualifies for it. Can I ask you to start this podcast off by giving us all of those resources, please? Of course. Well, the easiest thing for me to do is just direct everybody to the Access to Healthcare Network website. So that's accesstohealthcare.org. And we have a fabulous little resource list on our website that you'll find a little tab right when you log in. And it gives you the list of all the resources where people can find food um, that are currently giving food and what the eligibility requirements are, what days and times, and all that fun information. And then the other resource that I love to give people is the North Nevada Food Bank. Um, If you go to their website, they have a calendar, a monthly calendar, all their mobile harvest, so where they go to uh, different parts of the community to give out their fresh vegetables, fruits, and sometimes even some proteins as well. And they also have a list of all the local food pantries that the churches give out food, what the requirements are uh, for that for those foods as well so they can get access to those resources. So either accesstohealthcare.org or the Northern Nevada uh, Food Bank website are two great resources with a lot of information on there and where they can access food. Are most of these resources free, Jackie? <laughs> yes. So the majority of the resources with Access to Healthcare Network, all of our food uh, programs are free. You just either have to meet our eligibility requirements, which is either by age or income, or in, um, but those foods are free, and with the Northern Nevada Food Bank, uh, that food is free as well. And those you also have to meet some eligibility requirements depending on your family size, on your age. There's different resources 
for seniors as there is for families, but those services are for free. I would imagine that someone who has been laid off their job and let's say that they haven't been unemployed before and they're in very new and different circumstances for themselves and their family and they have never gone to a food pantry, they've never asked for help with putting food on the table. These places that we're recommending, Jackie, they don't, um, there's a minimum amount of information. Uh, people don't quiz you. They don't ask you personal questions, right? You're not shamed in some way, that it's very open uh, for people to be able to get the food that they need, right? That's correct, Sherry. I mean, even when you, when we have an individual call our resource line here at Access to Healthcare Network, and they're interested in food, we ask very uh, minimum questions to get them set up and get them signed up for their food so they don't have to feel embarrassed or that they're working to ask them way too personal questions. We just ask them some, some basic information, where's their address, where they live, their family size, and that's about it. And same thing goes with the Northern Nevada Food Bank. Um, the Northern Nevada Food Bank actually has a lot of resources, especially their, mo their mobile harvest pantry. They don't even ask you um, to any questions. You just go, stand in line. Actually, now with the COVID pandemic, they have you stay in your car and do a little drive-by, and they give you your food. So they don't even ask you any questions. Even when you go to the food pantries that the churches have, they might ask you a little bit more questions, like your family size, your income, but that's about it. They don't ask anything else besides that. Great, and people can usually get food more than once, right? This isn't a one-time deal. That's correct. So with access, with our different food programs, they can access food even twice a month, um, depending on the program they qualify for. With the Northern Nevada Food Bank, they it's a month, monthly harvest. Obviously, that's only once a month, but they can go to different parts of the community to get access to that, and they can also have access to the pantries so they can access multiple times throughout the month. And what about food stamps, Jackie? I would imagine that there's quite a few uh, individuals and families that now qualify for food stamps. How do they sign up for those? Of course. So the food stamps, they have to go through Nevada Medicaid to get signed up for food stamps. So that's a little bit different, and they do ask for more requirements. So they would either have to go to the Nevada Medicaid website and fill out the food stamps application. It's a very simple application, about two, three pages long. It, or they can go to the Medicaid office uh, on South Virginia, uh, right behind the Reno Town Mall, and do the application in person as well. There they are going to ask you um, family size, citizenship status, your monthly gross income, and you actually have to show proof of your income. And depending on what your gross income is, that's how much you would qualify for. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit more different when it comes to the food stamps, but that's always a great resource that's available for individuals and families. Just be aware that there is an income guideline that they're very strict on. And, and what, do you know the average amount someone can get in dollars for food stamps a month, a single person? Yeah, so a single person can get about $127 monthly on food stamps, which is not a lot, but it's something to help with. Absolutely it is. And that individual, yeah, and that individual, uh, one person has to make gross $2,082 a month. They can't make any more than that. 
Well, people that have been laid off their jobs, of course, they they count unemployment in that income, right? That is correct, yes. So right now, I mean, with everything that's going on with the COVID pandemic and people that are being unemployed, a lot of them are getting that additional 600 from the federal government. So a lot of them don't even qualify at the moment for food stamps because of that additional fund that they're getting. Right, so what we're saying... What we're saying to people is it doesn't take much time to go on the website and fill out the form and see if you do. You know, you might... Yeah, no, but it's really easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really easy just to go on the website, fill out the application, or even just go to your nearby um, Nevada Medicaid office, you know, the welfare office. We have two here in the northern Nevada area. We have the one in Sparks by Greenbrae, and then we have the other Medicaid office, which is right behind the Reno Town Mall in South Virginia. They can just stop by, grab the application, and just drop it off. Um, they don't even have to meet with somebody that Cindy if they don't want to. Okay, super. Uh, Kara, let's, let's chat a little bit. You're a licensed dietitian, and this is really in your wheelhouse on families can stretch, how they can stretch their food dollars and eat healthy because right now in the pandemic, keeping our immune system healthy seems very important. How does how does somebody do that? Uh, so when it comes to eating for general health and immune function, I think the first thing that I always look at is simply, are they eating enough? So this is especially important when we're talking about individuals with limited income who might be experiencing some level of food insecurity. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many fruits or vegetables you're eating. If your body's undernourished and not getting the fuel that it needs, your immune system is going to suffer. Um, so that said, we do know that there are varying degrees of food insecurity. So there are a lot of people out there who might be adequately, meaning that they're getting enough calories to survive. Um, but they might not be getting all of the vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals that they need to really thrive in terms of their health. So that's where it can be really beneficial to take a look at what foods they're eating and how we can actually optimize their diet to support their health. Um, so in terms of specific foods for immune health, I think the one thing that I can't emphasize enough is just variety. So I think as a society, we uh, often get so hyper-focused on, you know, getting specific nutrients and on the quest for that magic bullet that we kind of take a, we forget to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. So eating a wide variety of nutrient-dense foods from a wide variety of different food groups is honestly one of the best ways to support your immune system. So this includes things like vegetables, fruits, uh, whole grains, beans, legumes, uh, nuts and seeds, seafood and lean meats, um, all those foods that we characteristically label as healthy. So these foods are loaded with all those different micronutrients like vitamins and minerals, antioxidants, uh, fiber that actually work together to fight off illness and disease and also contribute to better gut health. And uh, something that I think a lot of people don't realize is that about 75% of our immune system actually lives within our digestive tract. So we want to make sure that we're eating in a way 
also that supports our digestion and can really optimize our health that way as well. Well, let's get let's get pretty specific for people. So, what what you've painted the picture for us is that we need a variety of foods that we need to not do what we would call an empty calorie. What's what is an empty calorie? Empty calorie is a phrase that we often use to describe a food that's high in calories but low in those vitamins and minerals that I was talking about. So, generally speaking, these are foods that don't typically provide a great nutritional bang for your buck. So think of items like sugar-sweetened beverages. Uh, What was that? I said like Doritos. I mean, or or potatoes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, highly processed snack foods, uh, alcohol, desserts, baked goods. Um, I often call these fun foods because they don't necessarily bring a lot of nutrition to the table per se, but they might be things that we enjoy and they bring us pleasure. So you don't have to completely eliminate them from your diet, Um, but what you want to avoid is relying on these foods for the bulk of your calories because over time that's what really takes a toll on both your physical and financial health too because you're not getting that great nutritional bang for your buck. So let's say that... um that we have a decreased amount of money that we can spend on food, which is what we're talking about, people that have been laid off and um, and have to stretch their dollars. When you talk about that whole list and that variety, um, if they can't afford seafood and they can't afford the lean meats, what of that list, what is the most, if you only have X amount of dollars, what is the best fruit to buy? What is the best vegetable to buy? What uh, Can we get a little more specific, Kara? Absolutely. So I think for a lot of people, uh, the foods that I listed might seem really inaccessible, whether it be physically or financially. Um, So for instance, I hear time and time again from clients that they can't afford fruits and vegetables. Um, But when we dig a little bit deeper, oftentimes what they're really saying is that they can't afford fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, Maybe they're too expensive or they spoil too quickly or even they take too long to prepare. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that case, I always look at ways to obtain these nutrients um, and other through other means. So, for instance, frozen and canned uh, vegetables and fruits are a great way to get the same benefits of that fresh produce for a fraction of the cost. And they also tend to be a lot more convenient and easier to prepare and might last a lot longer than uh, their fresh counterparts. So frozen and canned vegetables and fruits are by far one of the top things that I recommend. Um, Also, canned foods like, yeah. Can I ask you about the canned foods? Because many times a canned vegetable has a lot of salt and a canned fruit has a lot of sugar. So would people be looking... Uh, at the salt on a vegetable and the sugar on the fruit? That is definitely something to consider. Um, the first thing I always encourage is just to get the nutrients in um, however you can. So for some people, that might be the only option. And that's honestly, I personally think is better than just not eating the food at all. Oh, okay. um, but that being said, there are a lot of like low sodium options uh, these days for vegetables or for canned beans. Um, And then also for uh, the fruits, you want to look for fruits that are packed in uh, light syrup as opposed to heavy syrup, because that's going to be a lot lower in the added sugars. 
Um, and then for both the vegetables and the fruits, you can also uh, drain them and rinse them, and that will help to get some of the, that layer of extra salt and sodium and uh, sugars off as well. So many times to stretch our food dollars, uh, that that sort of goes along with doing a little bit more cooking, doesn't it? Because you want to cook in more bulk, say that you were going to make a chili mm -hmm. or you were going to make something with beans um, and then store it and then uh, have it for another time. Is it The cooking is really essential versus just buying ready-made off the shelf. Yeah, so typically it will uh, require some level of cooking. Um, a lot of those convenience foods are going to be highly processed and going to contain a lot of additives and extra sodium and sugar and things like that. Um, but that said, cooking doesn't have to be a super complicated task. Um, so I think a lot of times people think that they have to cook everything from scratch and it has to be these gourmet meals. But that's not the case. Um, just finding a few staple foods that you really enjoy and that can also be easy to prepare and can be used in a lot of different dishes can really go a long way in freeing up your time and also helping you to stretch your food budget. So if you have, again, we're talking about decreased amount of money and you have children that you need to feed, what, what is the most important thing uh, to feed them? the high protein uh, type foods, put your money into eggs and putting it into beans and different things like that? So I would kind of refer back to what I initially said um, when I was just talking about general health and that we want to focus on getting a balance of nutrients. So um, we want to make sure that when these children are growing and developing, uh, both physically and cognitively, that they're getting all of the different nutrients that they need to support the increased demands on their bodies and really set themselves up for success down the road. So in addition to simply ensuring that your child is getting enough food, um, a few nutrients that I would specifically highlight and emphasize are um, calcium, fiber, uh, protein, iron, um, and vitamin D, because these are nutrients that are really vital for development, but they can also sometimes be challenging to get into your child's diet, especially if you do have a picky eater. Um, that said, fortunately, a lot of these nutrients are naturally found in a wide variety of different foods. So for instance, we always associate calcium with milk and dairy products, which it is, um, but a lot of people are also surprised to learn that it can be found in a lot of other foods like dark green leafy vegetables like spinach and kale, uh, beans and legumes, uh, salmon, tofu, and even uh, fortified foods and beverages like cereals or non-dairy milk. So there's a lot of different options out there these days. Um, so you don't have to always focus on specific foods, as long as you're getting that variety and focusing on nutrient-dense foods. Um, where can somebody find healthful recipes that are uh, low, income? low income? So in this day and age, luckily, there's uh, no shortage of online resources for healthy recipes. Um, in fact, it can often be overwhelming, I think, to kind of sift through all of the recipes out there. 
Um, so online cooking or nutrition magazines like uh, Cooking Light, Eating Well, uh, Food Network, those can be a good place to start because they have a big kind of repertoire of healthy recipes. Um, but I would caution, too, that some of the recipes on those websites do tend to call for maybe less common ingredients that might not necessarily be accessible for everybody. Um, same thing goes for the American Diabetes Association website. They have a lot of great recipes for both diabetics and non-diabetics alike, um, but sometimes the recipes might be a little bit intimidating, especially if you're not somebody that's super comfortable in the kitchen. Um, so that said, I I personally have a couple go-to like food and nutrition blogs that I often reference for both myself and my clients. Um, two of those are uh, Budget Bites, B-Y-T-E-S, and then uh, Skinny Taste. So I find that both of those websites uh, do a great job of really making healthy cooking easy, approachable, and delicious, uh, And because I've made a lot of the recipes off of that website. And then also, um, I've recently kind of stumbled across some websites out there that allow you to actually search by ingredients. So this can be a great tool for people who are trying to work with what they have um, and maybe work through their pantry or their fridge. Um, so you can actually type in what ingredients you have, and it will come back with different recipes that fit those needs. Um, so two examples of these that I've found are uh, super cook and fridge to table. Um, but I'm sure there are a lot more out there if you just do a quick Google search. Oh, that's great. So so some people might be moving a little more towards um, maybe not a vegan but a vegetarian diet because uh, meat is so expensive. Is there any recommendation you have for them? Maybe looking up uh, a vegetarian diet online and that talks about the different nutri nutritional needs of a vegetarian diet. Yeah, so eating more plant-based meals in general is a great way to save money and also support your health too. Um, I do always encourage people though that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. Um, so simply incorporating one or two meatless meals throughout the week is a great place to start. Or even if somebody's not ready yet to transition to a fully meatless meal, they could even try swapping out a portion of the meat um, for maybe like a meatless alternative like beans or lentils because um, that can help them to really stretch their meat further um, and save them some money as well without kind of compromising the flavor or texture of the meat. Um, and as far as actually meeting nutritional needs, needs, it's definitely possible to do so through a vegetarian diet. Um, it will require a little bit more planning, um, potentially just to make sure that you're getting all of the nutrients that are sometimes found in animal sources. Um, so for example, uh, animal like sources of um, meat are a great way to get uh, protein and vitamin B12 um, and iron and zinc. So those are nutrients that you're going to want to take a closer look at and figure out how you can get those nutrients in um, from a vegetarian standpoint. And like I mentioned with calcium, there are a lot of non-animal um, sources for these uh, types of nutrients, but it just does require a little bit more um, research up front. And then kind of once you understand that, um, it's definitely 
more than possible to um, meet all of your nutritional needs through a vegetarian uh, lifestyle. Okay. Um, so, it, Jackie, let's give, again, the website for access to health care and the call center where somebody can call if they want to hear about resources where you can go in our community to get uh, food and also the food bank's website. Of course. So Access to Healthcare Network, our website's accesstohealthcare.org, and our call center number is 877-385-2345. And for the North Nevada Food Bank, their website is fbnn.org. And you can go to either Access to Healthcare Network or the North Nevada Food Bank website, and you can get more information on the resources there. And the um, the websites that Carol was talking about where you can get some uh, low-cost recipes that are still nutritional, maybe we can put theirs, that on our social media or our website, Jackie? Yes. So when we post our podcast on Apple and iTunes, We'll have a little link there with all the website information that people can just click into, and they can take them straight to the website. And we can put those uh, particular places on our website. That's correct, yes. Thank we'll you. have them on the link. Great. Uh, we've been talking today about food support, where people can get food in Washoe County and how to stretch your food dollars in a healthy way. My guests have been Jackie Gonzalez, Director of Marketing and Outreach for Access to Healthcare. And Kara Hawkredder, licensed dietitian with access to health care. If you know someone who has lost their job and is currently having issues with being able to put enough food on the table, could you please tell them about this podcast or send it to them? Uh, that would be a fabulous thing to do. Thanks, everyone, for listening. For a list of our podcasts, go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast. Please stay safe and please wear your mask.